Welcome to Let's Talk OMP. Let's Talk OMP is out of box podcast for CBOs, technicians, and everyone who works in the OMP industry. We are providing the newest trends, best practice, and educational topics straight to your headphones. My name is Nicholas, and I will be your host for this podcast. And I'm an account manager for Audubon and been working with OMP for 10 years. In this episode of Let's Talk OMP, Esther from Audubon Academy and Paulette from Seva in Denmark will be talking about rehabilitation after amputation. So, with that being said, let's just hand over the mic to Esther and Paulette. My name is Esther. I'm a physiotherapist working in the Audubon Global Academy. And I'm really happy to have a very nice uh, partner today in this podcast. This is uh, Paulette Larsen from Denmark. So to give you a bit more introduction about my role here in the podcast, so Otterberg is well known as the innovation leader in the field of orthopedic technology. And in addition for us, it's really important that the patient can get the most out of the prosthetic fitting actually and here therapy comes in because therapy really plays an important role in order to make a good connection between the technology and the human body and we as therapists are making actually this connection and we are also considering all the mental aspects which are also important not only to connect the body and the prosthesis but also to consider um, the whole person and all mental aspects. And um, actually in my role in academy, I have done a lot of uh, seminars to provide um, education to therapists about rehabilitation after amputation. And this is where I actually met Paulette. And Paulette, I would say welcome to the podcast. And um, yeah, please introduce yourself. Thank you, Esther, and thank you for having me. It's a uh, it's a pleasure and a privilege to uh, to be able to uh, to make this uh, podcast with you um, of a topic that's so close to both of our hearts. Uh, but um, as you're telling, my name is Paulette Larsen. I'm a trained physical therapist, and I've been worked in the field of amputation for about 20 years now. Through my work, I have had the pleasure of meeting amputees at different stages of their lives, uh, from before the amputation is decided and until the, well, actually until the end of their lives. So previously, I have worked in hospitals and the, and in the private uh, practice, but today I am employed by SAVA uh, as head of the rehabilitation department. And in SEVA, our amputee program is aimed at both amputees and professionals. Uh, we offer sparing and teaching, just as we facilitate various uh, activities within the amputation area, activities that uh, support a life with movement. But also, um, as you're telling, uh, are talking about um, a life for the whole person and uh, um, and the and the fact that each person are very unique unique in their way of life and what they want out of it uh but also um what they can do um so um i'm very curious to be here today 
Well, yeah, thank you very much, uh, Paulette. And uh, yeah, I'm really impressed. 20 years of experience with um, working with amputees in that field is uh, really amazing. And actually, um, this is what I felt when I met you the first time. I was really impressed also from your um, how keen you are um, to gather all the technology and to understand how it works. Um, because you understood that this is important to really give the patient then the right instruction how to walk and how to use the procedures and um, yeah and actually that brings me also to the point that I think the role you have uh, or the workplace where you're working is really a bit unique because usually in a rehabilitation process um, we as therapists are working in the rehabilitation clinic and really um, yeah, train with the patient right after the amputation. And this is also where I was coming from before starting working for Autobock. Um, so I used to work in the clinic. And there often the problem occurs when we recharge the patient from, from hospital that yeah, once he is at home, that it's somehow difficult um, to recommend um, other therapists which are really working in that field um, because it's yeah. quite seldom. And I think that's really the role where you are coming in. Um, yeah, maybe you can tell a little bit. You are working in a workshop together with a lot of orthopedic technicians. So, yeah, how, how is, yeah sorry. How is your work different compared to maybe um, other therapists working in a clinic? Yeah, and you're you're so right. I just wanted to to jump in and tell you everything about everything, but I'm sorry. Um, you're 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 so right because normally as a physiotherapist, well, we know so many things about the body and how it's working. We know so many things about the brain and how it's working, but to get a real success as a prosthetic user. You also need to know a lot about the, the different kind of prosthesis and how they work, how the knee joint works, and etc. Et so as a physio, you, you need that knowledge, you need that experience to give it to the prosthetic user because normally as a as a physio or actually as a professionals in this amputation uh, area, then um, you need to remember that it's for you. Perhaps you have seen 300 prosthetic users uh, or uh, amputee before. Perhaps you, also, you have only seen um, a fewer amount, but as a prosthetic user, as an amputee, perhaps it's the first time in your life that you have been amputated or that you even see and meet a uh, person with an amputation. So um, for me, it's been such a, a privilege that be able to work just with amputations, just with prosthetic user, because normally as a physiotherapist, you have um, many different kind of um, persons and things to do during your workday. Perhaps you also teach um, uh, the knee replacement or the back pain patients or things like that. But I have the opportunity 
just to work in the field of amputation. And that's quite unique. And therefore, of course, I get um, a bit more experience about that. But also because I have the opportunity to work so closely with the CPOs that I can get a lot of knowledge about how the prosthetic actually work. And the prosthesis is, of course, a key uh, point in getting uh, a su uh, the, the success in being a prosthetic user and doing whatever you want with your life. So did that actually explain some of the things you asked me about? I don't know. <laughs> yes, for sure it does. Um, thank you. So, um, well, some experience I made, because you, you already mentioned it, that it's so important that we have a good relation also to the orthopedic uh, technician, because we as therapists, we cannot know everything about the components, especially and when it comes to the fact that we, we as a therapist are just starting to work in that field. And I think that's also a tip for the audience here, because we might also have therapists in this listening to the podcast who are quite new in the field of prosthetics and um, we would also like you to to give some tips uh, what we made good experience with what worked for us and my first tip is um, and this is from my time when i worked in the rehabilitation center once the patient came to me the first question i was asking then okay i see you have your procedures with you who is your orthopedic technician um, because I would like to phone him and to introduce myself. So I really took the phone and uh, then I got into contact with the CPO and I said, well, I'm Esther, um, I have your patient here, I'm responsible for the training now, I don't know much about the procedures, can you just tell me something about it? Or maybe can we catch up to talk about it? So I had really good experience with that, to be proactive and get into contact. Um, so. Paulette, for you now, it's a bit easier, but is this also something you would support? Or do you have another tip um, for a therapist which might not have direct contact to, to a CPO? I I totally support you. I have another tip as well, but I just want to, to, uh, to, to say a little bit about this topic, because uh, in Denmark, we have just made uh, the national clinical guidelines. Uh, we made them uh, last year for um, the period the, the period of time just after the amputation and and this year we are making it for the the later rehabilitation uh, period of time uh, but in Denmark uh, we really um, try to facilitate um, the multidisciplinary team working together and therefore the the prosthetic use or the amputee before you're getting a prosthesis and the physios and the CPOs and the doctors and things like that, they need to work together. All of them need to work together uh, for the aim of, of the rehabilitation for the unique amputee. Um, and, and therefore, going to know the CPO um, for the physios is, is really a key point. Because then you have, um, then you have um, a professional you can ask how to and why and 
tell about the prosthesis because you can't know everything about the prosthesis as a physio uh, and the prosthetic user well perhaps they know the name of the component they have in their prosthesis but it's it's not always that they know how it's working and what it can do and what it can't do and what it can't support so therefore i really I really stand by you in this tip number one, know the CPO and make a contact to the CPO. And in Denmark, some of the places where you will get the prosthesis in uh, the municipalities or, or at the hospitals, then there will be CPOs as well coming there working uh, with the team. Um, but for my tip, for my number one tip, well, it's it's quite difficult just to to name one tip, right? I want to name <laughs> one hundred, but but just one tip. It will be. We my experience tells me, and the evidence tells us that as a prosthetic user, you will often be touched by the feeling of fear of fall. You will be anxious about will I fall or will I be not stable enough on my prosthesis so I will risk to fall. So therefore that will get a major impact in your brain. So if you will do only one thing as a physios, then try to make the brain work with you, not against you. Because if the brain is not comfortable about the prosthesis, if you don't think the prosthesis is your number two leg, but it's just a thing you put on you, then you will not, I don't think you will be able to get the most out of your prosthesis in your um, teamwork as a prosthetic user with your prosthesis. So the brain is a key factor to that. Wow, yeah, that's really cool you mentioned it because uh, that's also for me one of the most important things and and this uh, yeah, makes a difference whether you are successful or not uh, is whether all of the team and the patient itself can manage to reintegrate the prosthesis um, in the body scheme. Um, and I think that's that's also one of the challenges um, we have in the field of prosthetics. And yeah, this brings us actually to the um, practical tips I would like to ask you as well, um, Paulette. So when we now think about the patient um, visiting us, uh, the first session in physiotherapy, um, so do you have a tip? What are good exercises or good ways to give the patient um, to establish this trust at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I need to say that my um, my title for that will be be able to put weight on your prosthesis because that, that's like the main focus. If you can't put, if you're not able to put weight in your prosthesis, then you're prosthetic, um, your components in your prosthesis will not work as optimal as they should do. And normally that will affect 
the whole body and make a lot of compensational strategies, uh, strategies, but it will also make the prosthetic user not trust the prosthesis even more. And that will be like uh, a down negative um, path to walk on or to go on. So, so actually, well, sometimes it's easy, right? You just ask the patient to stand up and walk and everything will, will be good. But other, other times, I actually want them to take the prosthesis off and just reinforce their feeling of their prosthetic limb, um, their amputated side. Just tap on it, uh, clap it, um, watch it, um, and then put the prosthesis on. And that sensation, that focus, that, um, that, um, impulse you have made on the uh, sensorial cortex in the brain, you can use in the more motor skills. So after that, I will, I will ask the patient to stand up and we will try to put weight on the prosthesis, like um, in transferring the, the weight from the prosthesis and over to the contralateral side and then back into the prosthesis. And normally, I'm using uh, a mirror because our, our eyes can be a very good feedback. But of course, I'm also using, I'm using a triangle. That sounds a little bit strange. But if you look at your feet and you're, and you're seeing and touching your heel, and your little toe and your big toe, then actually that will make a triangle. And if you can't put weight on each um, angle of the triangle, then actually, in my opinion, that will uh, decrease uh, the walking cycle and that will uh, do a negative impact on your ability to uh, to work together with your prosthesis on your stand phase and then going from the stand phase until the swing phase. So that's, of course, in a long term, but actually just be able to put weight on your prosthesis and sometimes taking a step back and then actually just regain um, contact with your amputated side, your, your limb, start there and then work from there. Does, does it make any sense to you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because I think <laughs> that's the big field um, of feedback uh, we are um, addressing in therapy. And um, if we think about ourselves, we all learn through feedback. And for me, that's really one of the essential things uh, in, in the training here as well. So um, what I also like to do is that the patient really gets feedback if he's really standing on the procedures. So there are actually different ways how you can use um, feedback measures in therapy. So whether you put the patient on scales so that you really can um, load and reload by using a scale. Um, in uh, Ottobock, we have the Lhasa posture, which I often like to use. So it's the same thing. The patient is actually standing on it and can shift the weight and gets yeah. directly feedback whether he's loading. And another thing are all the, um, how to say, like um, 
there are computer games as well, which you can do, um, which somehow are connected a little bit with, with feedback um, mm. or, or therapy devices. Um, I think that that's also a really good way. Yeah. Um, well, you're, you're, you're so right, Esther. And, and some of us has the opportunity to use the laser poster, for example. I love it. But um, if you haven't got all this equipment, um, uh, and some of the equipment you're talking about actually are used in stroke patients or neurological patients. So perhaps yes. as a physio, you can borrow some from your colleagues. But but just using uh, a piece of paper or, yes. or using a, bow, um, a ball or, or, or just a little box so you can actually try to to with the contralateral side just to step on the box and off the box so you will train the the weight shifting and train the body to feel the weight on the prosthesis and off the prosthesis but i think as a physio you have will you have um you you have to do the feedback for the for the prosthetic user to be able to know when they're doing it with the quality in it because they you you can step on the prosthesis but actually keep your your weight off it and just have your weight in your hands on the parallel bars or you can have your pelvis uh not aligned on top of the prosthesis as well so that will give you problems later on when you have to walk because you will not be stable enough on your pelvis and on your trunk so they can actually support you in the stand phase on your prosthesis so i really i really need to to get a little focus on as a physio you cannot just give the patients some home exercises and expect them to be able to do it with the quality in it that you really need um so you can be able to walk without some without the walking aids uh for example if you want so to summarize it um, i would say as a tip for the audience um yeah keep it simple and rely on what you have learned and used in other fields so actually it's a Similar, if you have a neurological patient or an orthopedic patient, often they have the problem that they are not loading one leg, maybe due to a stroke or due to a broken leg or whatever. So I think, and this is also one message, um, you can do actually similar or the same exercises um, and do it uh, with the amputees. And um, yeah. Um, I totally agree. Just do it, right? Just, <laughs> just do it. Keep it simple and just do it. Yeah, just do it because in, in Denmark, um, when I speak to some of uh, the prosthetic users, actually a lot of them, they are all telling me, I just want to walk. Please help me to walk. That's the aim goal of my life. And, and I understand that but I need them to be able to walk with quality, not just walk as the quantity, just walking up and down the power bars or with some walking aids, but walk with quality because then they will be able to walk longer, not be so tired, not, um, not put so much stress on the rest of their body because walking in my 
uh, opinion should be more of a goal. It should be the... Um, you should benefit of walking to go to other places and do what you want. So walking should not be the goal, but just be um, the opportunity to bring you somewhere else where you can do whatever pleases you in your life. And I know walking, of course, can be the pleasure because it can take you out in the woods, out in the society, out everywhere else. So I know walking is so uh, special for us people. But, but just remember what good walking can bring into your life. Yes, and uh, maybe one topic to mention here as well, or to make a shift, um, because that maybe is uh, also quite special in prosthetic, and uh, especially when we come back to different prosthetic systems. So, um, if we talk about transfemoral amputation, um, then we know that the, the patient is having a, a prosthetic knee. And there are two big groups. Um, I think we can distinguish that we have the mechanical uh, knee joints and we have mechatronic knee joints, which we are going to talk about like MPK. So MPK stands for mechatronic knee joint. So, um, and in the function, there's actually, um, or for most of the knee joints, there's a big difference. So when we have mechanical knee joints, um, um, especially um, when it comes to stance support, um, they don't provide the same safety and function as a mechatronic knee. Because in a mechatronic knee joint, we have um, hydraulic resistances inside. I like to compare it always with our quadriceps, so the quad muscle. Um, so every time we are using our quad muscle in an eccentric way, then this is what the MPK due to the hydraulic um, can in a way replace. It's not the same like our anatomy for sure, but uh, it's much closer. And with a mechanical knee joint, we don't have that function. And that often leads to the fact that the knee joint is a bit more, yeah, is more insecure. Um, let's see that maybe as an introduction and uh, Paulette to come back to you. So when you have a patient which is previously previously fitted with a mechanical knee, and now he is going to achieve a mechatronic knee joint. So what are, yeah, how is your training approach there? Are there typical things we need to consider in, in, uh, in this field? Yeah, I think so. Because I also love um, to talk about it like you've got <laughs> you've got your quads and now you don't. So actually going that way, then we have to learn the patient. Now you've got an MPK K, uh, AP, MPK knee, though that's very hard to say. MPK knee. So now you've actually got your your quads back. Let's let's um, let's go down that road. Let's let's explore that. So actually just standing in the parallel bars and then, then try to get in knee flexion with, um, you can stand and with both legs uh, just uh, beside you and then take a step forward with your prosthetic knee um, and then let it, let it bend and then feel what that will do. Just start by doing nothing, just feel it because they're used to when the knees 
will open, then it will be just open. There will be no uh, resistance at all. So now they've got an amount of resistance. And actually, we know that the CPOs can uh, can make a, a different kind of level in the resistance. So you can actually play with that and get yes. the patient to to feel it. And you can you can do it by by standing and uh, then the transaction from standing to sitting and feel that put the, the chair up against the wall exact uh, for example so the chair will not um, go backwards and then ask the patient to sit down just doing nothing just feel it get get your your bottom uh, to the chair to to the back of the chair and then sit down and then yes. feel what the prosthetic will do the how the prosthesis will hold you and you of course you have to put weight on the prosthesis because in that transaction from standing to sitting many many prosthetic users with the mechanical knees they are used to getting weight off the prosthesis and then just sit down with one leg and that will put a lot of stress on that one leg so so getting them to explore what will it be like to have a quad back um a, a muscle that will hold you and we know it's not a muscle right we know it's the prosthesis it's the mpk knee uh but but just to make them feel that and they will also feeling going down ramps and going downstairs and that's something as a physio we need to know um when will the um MPK knee, when will it support the patient? Which, how will it support them? And, and what can we do to make the resistance so unique to the patient that it will support them in their life? Yes, yes. And um, yeah, totally agree. And this is also what I perceived when, when you have those um, patients, especially if they are for a long time on a mechanical knee, they have a lot of compensational movements, which are actually necessary in many cases with a mechanical knee. Not everything, but a lot of it. And uh, often they had a number of faults, so they are quite afraid maybe. And then, um, yeah, actually they learned to that they need a lot of power to control this mechanical knee prosthesis. And now when we change them on an MPK, um, actually they need to learn to give away this control, to give the control more to the knee joint and really to learn, as you said, to load those knees again, that they really can have two legs um, and load them more or less equally during daily life activities. So this is also what I see is actually um, yeah, um, the, the, the training focus here. And uh, yeah, as you said, so some, some get it quicker for, for some of them, also depending on the history before. Um, yeah, they really have to get the trust um, that when the MPK is going to flex, that they are still safe, so that there's nothing to worry about. And um, yeah. Yeah. And Esther, as you have been telling before, and as we have been talking about, then um, trusting the prosthesis in, it will hold you. 
it will have your back and you will not fall. So you have to relax, not fight against the prosthesis and the MPK knee, but let it do what it does. So give the control back to the prosthesis as you are telling and not take control because I see in a lot of prosthetic users walking with mechanical knees that they will have, uh, they will be um, focused in how to get in the stand phase and out of the stand phase with the prosthesis. Um, and often that will be in with a lot of, of uh, compensation strategies, but also in a hard way. They will perhaps some of your audience know um, prosthetic users that would like um, kick the knees into uh, initial contact. So they will like, they will put their heel on the prosthetic foot very hard into the ground and then they yes. will go on it and load it and then when they go off um, the prosthesis again um, going from stance phase into swing phase they will do it with with a uh, with a uh, secundation and perhaps a uh, hip hiking and things like that but they will often go very fast off the prosthesis as well, whereas going into the MPKs, you have to be more soft in your walking. You have to to go with the flow, and you have to yeah. roll over your foot. You have to go all the way to your prosthetic toes, and um, you also have to do that with with the mechanical knees. But you will often not do that because of often feel falling, but with the MPKs, as a physio, please teach your prosthetic user to roll over the foot and to go with the flow, go soft, give the control back uh, and relax more. Then you can go and do so much more with your prosthesis. Wow, that's a nice uh, statement. So go with the flow and uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> keep on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's a good point. And um, I think now we have talked a little bit about the knee joints, and um, maybe let's um, take the step back also where we started from. We know that um, the knee joint is just one part. Um, in the system of, of the whole prosthesis. So I think that's another tip. Um, don't forget that one of the really important part is really the connection between the residual limb and the prosthesis. So I mean the prosthetic socket. Yeah. And if you perceive any difficulties here, then uh, we really have to get in touch with the orthopedic technician and get some advice here um, because that's, that's actually um, yeah, more or less the most crucial point, the connection between the human body and the prosthetic, um, yeah, and the prosthesis, sorry. You're, you're so right, Esther. And I, I usually say that actually, well, well, it's, it's quite hard to say that, but I, uh, I'll say it anyway. It doesn't matter how fancy you are prosthesis component are. If you get the best of the best in the MPK knees, it really doesn't matter if your socket isn't fitted for you. 
So if you hasn't, if you haven't got an optimal fit between your socket and the residual limb, as you're telling, then it will affect in a negative way your your possibility as a prosthetic user to work with your prosthesis. So yeah. so the fitting is the most crucial thing. Start there and then look at the alignment. Then look at which resistance you have if you have an MPK knee. Uh, talk with the CPO if if the prosthetic user is not um, is not satisfied in how the prosthesis is working. Look at the prosthetic user. Is he working? Is he or she working with the prosthesis as he should be doing? And therefore, you really need to work as a team with the CPO, with the prosthetic user as a, a physio, but make sure that um, the socket is firmly fitted. And it doesn't mean, in my opinion, that there are different kinds of socket technology, right? And I really don't think, in my opinion, that you can have one socket fitting all of, of the unique users. There will be some small details that you will need to do different in each user. So be sure to talk about it with the CPOs, with the prosthetic user, with the uh, physios. Um, what do the, the prosthetic user need and what do they want to want out of their life? Which issues do they have with their body that need to be uh, need to be in the in a CPO's mind when uh, making um, the socket? Yes. Well, great. Um, I think that brings us actually to the end maybe of that uh, podcast. We have uh, talked a lot of things now in the remaining um, in the last 30 minutes. So, uh, Paulette, maybe I, I give a short summary about uh, what what I took with myself and uh, also what we would like to give the audience here. Um, so I think we agree. First tip is um, when you start working in that field, um, you need to be interested in uh, technologies and really understand them to give your patient the right instructions. Um, then really important, contact the CPO. He will support you also with regard to the socket fit and, and all the questions uh, you might have. And for sure then get into contact uh, with other people in the field, like uh, other therapists, like Paulette, like have a look at national guidelines if you get some tips there. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think Paulette, this is also what we now figured out, trust yourself, trust your knowledge as a physio. So use the exercises you know from other fields um, and, and start doing it with the patient. And yeah, when you get stuck, uh, I think now you have some good understanding um, who to contact. Um, and also, for example, we as a um, um, health technology provider, we are also offering uh, seminars. We are offering training material, material to support therapists um, and to provide the knowledge you need in your daily work. Yeah. Anything and to add, Paulette? Yeah, we'll just um, add, I, I agree with everything you say. Well, I normally... <laughs> 
almost agree in everything you say, but right now I agree <laughs> oh my God. everything. But, but Esther, I just would like to point that you have made some great videos on YouTube. Um, perhaps they should look at them as well. And I have made some videos as well. Uh, they are on Saver YouTube. Um, and both of us has uh, some great exercise programs. You have it in an app, fitness app, um, that they can download uh, on their phones and etc. Yeah. And I have it on uh, the web page for cyber. And um, and there's a lot of exercises just to be inspired by. So uh, so look there if you can get in touch with um, someone who knows uh, a bit more about amputations. That perhaps if you are new in in the fields. So um, so there's so much inspiration out there to gain from. Great. Wow. I would say um, now we had really a good time, a lot of passion, a lot of information. Um, I really can feel it, Paulette, uh, through the phone that uh, you are so passionate about it, the same like uh, I am. So thank you very much for joining our podcast today. And um, yeah, thanks to the audience. Um, I, we hope that you can uh, get some tips out of this uh, podcast and enjoy it, listen to it, and yeah, hope to see you or hear you somewhere in the World Wide Web or in real time. Yeah. Thank you so much, Esther, for having me. It's, a plain, it's been a real pleasure, and I will just say to the audience out there, just go for it. You will gain so much from working with amputee and prosthetic users so just go for it it's a great work if you want to know more about omp visit our site in your country and click on academy these sites are being updated so please be patient you can also follow us on instagram and facebook and you can also subscribe to our youtube channel and if you haven't done it please give us a rating on itunes talk to you soon